Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I'm so stoked. I have another amazing woman on here today. Let me tell you a little bit about Marla. She is a wife and a homeschool mom of three, and she is a professional hope dealer. She works as a biblical counselor and mentor to women in the marketplace. She helps Christian women find victory in their everyday so they can leave a legacy of success and purpose. She is passionate about encouraging, applying the word of God to unique situations and showing the way to a life of abundance and joy. Welcome, Marla. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. And, you know, I mean, a bio only tells so much. So why don't you share a little bit more about yourself with the listeners? Sure. So I, I actually grew up as a, what's called a third culture kid. Uh, I grew up as a missionary kid in a missionary pastor's home. Uh, so I spent most of my upbringing in South Korea. Wow. And yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like part Korean on the inside. <laughs> um, and so I never know how to answer the question, where are you from? Well, do you speak Mandarin? Uh, Korean. I speak, okay, Korean. Yeah, I, I speak some Korean. Uh, yes, some. And then we actually went back to live in Korea for two years. Our oldest daughter was born in Seoul, South Korea, which is her little claim to fame, you know, that that's she amazing. Korea in her, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so that's a little, you know, just a little nugget of my upbringing and kind of what shaped me. I would imagine so. So, I mean, the culture is absolutely a part of you. Do you integrate that into your home now? Yes. Yes. In fact, I kind of, I kind of overlooked how much I integrated into my home until God totally blessed us with Korean neighbors. And my heart leapt with joy when I found my new neighbors. And then I suddenly realized it's like, I have Korean everything all over my home. And as part of our normal, we eat Korean food on a regular basis. We still honor Korean holidays. Um, you know, I teach my kids about them and that kind of thing, uh, just because it, it gives us opportunity for such cultural awareness. Yeah. And I want my kids to have that, even if they don't have the same opportunity that I had to be raised overseas. So, so, I mean, I know we're kind of going off topic, but when, <laughs> okay. with, with your new, with your new neighbors, have you invited them over? Are they like, what are these white people doing with all this Korean stuff? Oh my goodness. Okay. So funniest story. I actually found out that I had Korean neighbors because of their Wi-Fi password. <laughs> we were resetting our router one day and I see, you know, and you see the list of yeah, all of, yeah. all of the networks and I see Choco Pie Wi-Fi. Choco pie is a famous Korean cookie snack Okay, <laughs> that I grew up on that we, whenever we go to a, a Korean market or an Asian market, we look for them and we buy them. Even if we don't need them, even if we're on a diet, we buy them <laughs> because it's just like this sentimental snack. Right. And I had been looking, trying to meet this neighbor for two years, Michelle. 
for two years I've been trying to meet this neighbor. And every once in a while, I would go check the Wi-Fi listing. And I just wasn't going to be the creep who walked around and knocked on everybody's doors. Do you have a Wi-Fi network name this? So one day I was walking outside to check on my kids and take my littlest out to play with the big sisters. And she's standing right there with her little boy. So we struck up a conversation. She had, you know, a Korean, the Korean word for mom, mama on her shirt. And so I just, I just chatted with her. I kept it cool. I played it really cool. I really was. You didn't like start it. speaking Korean or anything? No, no, I didn't. That freaks people out. That, that it really does? freaks people out. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I referenced her shirt after a couple of minutes of conversation. And I said, your shirt says, Omas, are you Korean? And she, she like, <laughs> I caught her really off guard. And so then I have to explain and I, and I tell her this. And so we have become friends. Like we were exchanging phone numbers at the end of that conversation. And, um, she actually has a heart condition. So if it's okay, I'd love to ask for anyone who's listening. You know, if you are a woman of faith, would you just pray for my neighbor? Um, because she actually just went in for a procedure on Monday oh. and, um, is preparing what is her name. For, um, her English name is Hazel. So if you would pray for her and her little boy is Noah, he's almost exactly the same age as my little boy. So well, yeah. what a what a blessing! And isn't yeah. God's isn't God so funny? So good, such I mean, such just a fun, encouraging moment. And she said the same. She's like, I had no idea, and this is such so cool. So is uh, is she a are they Christian? Do they have? She faith? says she believes in God. So I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out exactly what her beliefs are, and just have an opportunity to encourage her and um, and continue to point her towards the Lord, no matter where she is now. You know? Wow. What, what, wow. What an, what an interesting background. And, <laughs> and I, so I'm, much. <laughs> I'm always awed by God's kind of like, I don't know what we, in, in our minds, we kind of just picture yeah. this like sovereign being who maybe doesn't have like a sense of humor or put all these little fun little things, but he, he had, he's, I mean, he's just, he creates so much richness in our lives and what a, what a fun thing for him to, you know, have really just plopped you and your family right in the middle of that culture and then have yeah. the opportunity, who knows what that's going to lead to with your neighbor, with so many other people yes. here in the, in the state. So let's, mm -hmm. let's kind of dive into it. You're a, you're a biblical counselor. Is that what you've always done? Share with everybody kind of that journey. Sure. Sure. So I, I did go to school to train to be a professional biblical counselor. Um, that is what my uh, educational background is in. And I also, part of my educational training was in cross-cultural ministries. So it's always been on my heart due to my upbringing, blame my parents, blame God, you know, that I have a heart for different cultures and seeing how actually now our world is just shrinking so much. You know, we have so much access. We have so much availability to engage. And so being able to take ministry to another level, to yeah. take, seeing how the marketplace has gone to another level in the last 100, 200 years, let's catch up. <laughs> let's, let's minister at a new level. So I, I've always had this dream of pairing biblical counseling and, you know, really gospel-based support for those who are engaging in the marketplace and who are mixing cultures, who are living overseas, who have just really unique and challenging experiences, honestly. Uh, so that's, that's my background. Now, 
I will say this. I never wanted to be a counselor and have my own office and work nine to five and sit behind a desk. Like that appalled me, made me (laughs) physically ill. So I resisted going into counseling for years. And of course I scored, you know, all those aptitude tests and things like you're a great helper. You love to help people. You should do this, this, and this. Well, nurse was off the list because I don't do vomit, blood. I don't, mm -mm. no fluids. (laughs) Don't do it. So the mom, it's a challenge. Yeah. But it counseling, I realized I love God's word. I've seen the transformation that's happened as I've learned to apply God's word in my own life. And I always just kind of had people naturally coming to me, friends, acquaintances, even people like, you like, trust me. Why do you trust me? (laughs) Why are you coming to me right now? But um, the Lord's given me the ability to connect with people and build trust with people and to connect the dots between, you know, this verse and what does it say? How does God's word actually apply to my complex chaos? You know, because all of us are in that place where we look around and we can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. So I break through that. And that, that like, I love that. I love. So do you have an office then? Did you submit to that life? I don't, this is my office. This is how I do my work. God, God just allowed that. You know, I was using Skype 15 years ago and people are like, what Skype? Yeah. I'm like, this is how I communicate with my family because they were still in Korea. They still are. My parents still are. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, this is normal for me. This isn't weird. So I teach people all the time, like, yeah, we do counseling on Zoom. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, so I was, I was prepared for this year and doing a lot virtually. So yeah. I mean, cool. same for my husband and I, we've, we've worked from home together for the last 16 years. And yeah. so it's funny because people are like, we're going to use this thing. It's called Zoom. We're like, oh yeah, we've been using it for years. Let me, let yeah, me- we got that. So the interesting thing for us with all this, like for so many people, this has been a drastic shift. We're like, our yeah. life hasn't changed much. Right, right. I yep. mean, other than, you know, outside of our home, but like our day-to-day sure. is quite similar to what, to what it used to right. be. We were prepared also. And um, mm-hmm. I, I actually think kind of the telehealth in general, not, not just counseling, but telehealth mm-hmm. is, is a brilliant way to support and help people because yes. I mean, it's like, it's like on demand almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah instead of make an appointment driving and and with counseling, it's a little, you know, a a little, well, but maybe not, maybe people are in dire need. They need help right now. And have that happen where instead of making an appointment, you could see like, okay, get on, I'll, I'll talk to you now. Yeah. And I do that with my one-on-one clients, especially. And I keep, I keep close tabs with them. Uh, even through Voxer. I love Voxer to be able to shoot voice messages back and forth for me to be able to pray with them in the moment. It's, it's just different for them to hear my voice than for me to write in an email yeah, in a response, true. you know? Yeah. So yeah, I have had that. And it's been such a blessing because it just using these tools that we have in a unique way, sometimes we got a little, get a little bit creative, but it works and we can still do our work. In fact, we can take our work to the next level. I mean, it and, really, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I feel very, I feel very, um, I, I feel very t- you know, push and pull with the technology because there's so, it can be used as such a remarkable, I mean, it makes the world feel smaller, right? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you've, you've lived overseas and you have family overseas. So that technology is such a blessing and, you know, mm-hmm. with your clients, but then at the same time, I feel like it also causes this massive disconnect. There's so many things yes. that go along with it. So it really, it's really hard to balance that. I'm sure that that's something you probably are dealing with, especially if your kind of specialty, if I dare say is uh, counseling with people specifically that are like, I, I like to call them, call them marketplace ministers because they're using yeah, their, yeah, their I love that. as, yes. you know, their ministry, which is a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. It really is. <laughs> the, the, the church in general has really almost like like villainized, you know, outside of like wearing the cloth, outside of being a pastor, working specifically Mm. for the Mm -hmm. church. It's like, you're in this other segment. You're not really in ministry because you're in the marketplace. You're a marketplace minister. You're, you know, yeah, you're sharing or whatever, but you you don't have, like, it's a different level. And I just rebuke that because I feel the same call into the marketplace and to support women in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. people in the marketplace, but specifically women, because I act, this is my belief and tell me if you are the same. So, I mean, there's the church, right? And wonderful things come out of the church missionary. I mean, just the church does great things, but I actually believe marketplace ministry has a bigger platform because you have people coming into your business, whatever your business is, they're not coming. They're seeking it out. They're coming there for whatever the service or the product is. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you get to backdoor these people that maybe would never fo- set foot in a church, but because yeah. of who you are and your heart for the Lord, you have the ability to impact the kingdom in a bigger way, even yeah. than somebody who's like, quote unquote, in ministry. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. I'm able to have conversations with women who would never have this same conversation with their pastor. They would never go to their pastor's wife with this. They would, they would even hesitate, you know, they might go to a Bible study leader or a small group leader to start the conversation, but then that leader isn't equipped to help them. Right. And it's, it's out of their depth. So yes. that's where I'm able to step in. And I'll, I'll tell you this, I was raised with a very conservative view of ministry. I'm sure. And and feeling that sense of what you're talking about, this kind of almost like a competition and it was yes. awful and ugly because where I was raised and then, you know, we had a lot of different branches, types of missionaries, missionary teachers, missionaries who were sent by church agencies, missionaries who were independent, missionaries who were in other forms of education or camp ministries, all those things. And there was such a... I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it, like this seniority in a sense that like, well, if you raised your funds this way, or if you do it this way, that's like the right way to do it. Okay. I got to, I, I have to, I have to give a little context to this for how the Lord has totally radically shifted my perspective. And I think I'm so much in agreement with you. Great commandment. Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love others as yourself, right? Those two key things. If we just focus on those two key things, the rest of life and all of the actions that we take fall into place. The Great Commission, go into all the world. That verb, go, this is where understanding our Bible makes such a difference. It actually means as you go Mm. to all the world. Oh, that changes things. It really does. That means as I go 
because I've wrestled with this. I've now crossed over to living in the States more years than I lived overseas. So much of my identity was wrapped up in, I'm a missionary kid. Mm. I grew up in Korea. I don't know where I belong. Like I had to shed some of that. And that was painful the way the Lord did that because identity change is hard. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that he carries us through that, right? That his spirit does that work in us. As I go as a wife, as a homeschool mom now, that's new, putting on that new identity, um, as a woman in the marketplace, as a mentor to others, as a counselor, as a, as a person in my church, as a person in my community, as I go to the grocery store, point people to the Lord, making disciples, baptizing them. That's why I think it's even changed for me. I no longer look at my neighbors and I'm like, I want to see 10 people come to know the Lord this year. That's, it, that, that's not a fair goal. It's not on me to do that work. That's the Holy Spirit's work to do. So my neighbor, Hazel, you know, she's, she's made mention of, oh, I just pray or, you know, to God. Like, okay, cool. So there's, there's some spiritual inclination that her heart is turned towards. And, and I'm just gradually investing in that relationship without the pressure of, I don't need to convert anyone. I don't absolutely not anyone. So yes. We are positioned incredibly, incredibly in the marketplace for kingdom impact. I think more than any pastor is I do too. in his role within the church because they're so busy ministering to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's their job. Their job is to equip us. And I think it was so healthy for me for the Lord to take us out of ministry. We started in ministry. Um, That's what we went to school for. That's what we love. We love the local church. We want to partner with the local church always. Um, But we spent several years in ministry. And then we spent a couple years as my husband, as a teacher missionary. And me as, uh, let's see, I was an administrator of a preschool. I was starting a preschool for our international church there in Korea. And that changed my perspective because I wasn't on staff at the church in the same way. There was just different perspectives. And then God took us out of ministry completely. He completely removed us from it. And we're like, why God, what are you doing? Well, we have such different perspective now. You know, it's incredible the way the Lord has challenged us to see things from different angles over the last eight years that we've been out of career ministry. And it's been so good. It's been so healthy. Uh, to just see and see the need for those in ministry and and kind of a unique need that is there for those pastors, elders, leaders to really be investing in those who are in the marketplace. Let's do some better investment. And, I agree with that wholeheartedly. The supporting. So yeah. Well, the supporting it and the the validating even of yes. you know, what you're doing yes. is, you know, just because you aren't working or, you know, earning a paycheck from the church um, doesn't mean that you won't be attacked in the same way that a pastor gets attacked. Doesn't mean that oh, you yes. won't face the same things. And, you know, I, I, I feel that there is a, um, an invalidation that happens when yes. you, I, I've even seen it at, at, at my church, you know, like, yeah. Um, I've even seen, I've seen it in a number of organizations. It's like, well, how can you, if you, if this, and, and another thing is the, the career that you choose, 
there, there's just a lot mm-hmm. of dynamics behind, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much the enemy bottom line, the enemy wants to invalidate. Yes. He wants to invalidate mm-hmm. these people that I believe God puts a call on every heart mm-hmm. and you know, he wants us everywhere. Why would he only want you in one place? Why would he only want his disciples and what he wants us everywhere? everywhere. And, you know, this kind of wraps into this whole thought process too, of kind of like kingdom wealth and making money and, and the call of somebody who, who has a call on their life to be an entrepreneur, let's say, and yeah. to a, a wealth building call. I mean, you know, and that is really looked down upon. Like if you're, okay, fine. You're in the marketplace and you're working for Jesus, but if you're making profits, then you're really just too worldly. If you're actually yeah. like in this certain bracket of income, then you're just worldly and you're, you know, it's for show. There's a lot of things that the enemy has done to yes. really downplay, you know, the power of believers out in the world creating wealth and using the wealth for the kingdom. Like, why yes. wouldn't you want that Amen. in the hands of the people that love Jesus the most? Yes. Yep. Yep. And I think there's such a that it it's such a dangerous lie. Yes. That much of the church has bought into. And we've got to reject that. We have to renew our minds with the truth that. God has called us out, set us apart for a purpose. We are fellow heirs with Christ. We are partakers in the current work of the kingdom. Amen. The goal is not for us to just get fire insurance and like wait or like make the most of your life, enjoy it, get to heaven. Then the party starts. No, right. it's here and now. This is the, this is the kingdom. You can, the victory is already won. We just have to step into that every day and be reminded that, oh, like this is why we put on our armor. You've got a battle to fight today. And most of us are losing the battle in our minds. hundred percent. I am so glad you're doing what you're doing. I am so (laughs) glad you're doing. Me too. I love it. I mean, it's so, it's so important. And, you know, I, I think I shared with you on our, our phone call before the podcast that, you know, God kind of put this, he, he told me two things, 2020, mm-hmm. who knew about 2020, but 2020, there's gonna be a massive shift in the church and that yeah. there was going to be a major yeah. revival and that it was going to, women were going to be the catalyst for the revival. And it was mm-hmm. not going to be in the church. It was going to be in the marketplace. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's just cause like, I'm noticing it more or if it's because it actually is happening, but I'm seeing more and more people rise up from the Mm -hmm. marketplace saying, listen, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with the career I've chosen. And I'm using that career and the people that I'm around to, to impact for the kingdom, to meet more people, to share the love of Christ, to to use my, my out of, out of the abundance that he has created for me. I'm going to use that to impact the kingdom. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really exciting for me to see that because Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we know this believers know this. I mean, the church is not supposed to be just behind the four walls. We, these, these human beings, we are the church, but I feel like for far too long, the church has just been in the box. Oh yeah. Living, like you said, within those four walls. And there's this totally wrong perspective that the church congregants, right? Church attenders, members have had that the leadership does the work. Yeah. Well, their work is different yes. than the work we have to do specifically role wise, action wise. Yeah. Yep. 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 They, they are set apart 
just like in the Old Testament, one entire tribe was set apart as priests to do the work as priests. And that was important work. Yes. It's just like, okay, tangent, but it, it connects. Just like my husband and I were talking about this, the role of the home. My primary role is not biblical counselor. My primary role is wife, mom, homeschool teacher, lunch lady, cook, it's house manager. Important. It's all those things. And those are so important in this season. In this season, the rest of my family doesn't function properly. And we talked about it. You know, my husband, God has placed him with two feet in the marketplace. I have a hand in the marketplace right now. Both valued roles. Neither one wrong. Just because I don't get paid for all of the actions I take every day from nine to five, right? And he does get paid from 8.30 to 5.30, whatever it is. It doesn't invalidate all the work that I do. My work is valuable. So I think maybe there's another mama who needs to hear this right now. Yes. Your work is valuable and you should prioritize that and treat it as a job. Yes. Treat it as a job and it you will find you have, yeah, it is. So show up the same way you would for a job. Show up on time with your hair done, put some makeup on, wear some nice clothes. Your kids are going to respond different to you. My kids do. And I know this because my daughter just wrote about it in her creative writing today. Oh, she had to add details. Her assignment was my mom is like something about my mom. My mom is great. What is your mom? My mom is pretty. She, she had to add details. And she said, my mom wears nice clothes and does good makeup and has cute hair. And I was like, thank you. Like you've <laughs> noticed that I do put effort into that, but it's the same thing in the church. And I think this goes back to even not undervaluing the unique roles that each of us play, whether you're a hand or a foot or a colon in the church. Like, I don't want to be vulgar, but think about all of the body parts. Each of them plays a very unique and specific role. And it's the same in your home. It's the same in the marketplace. And that there's just a symbiosis that happens when we get this, when we see it, and when we own the place where God has put us. And the season he's put us in. Absolutely. And Sorry, I'm like, I'm preaching over here. I I'm love kidding. it. I, I love it. And and I I I feel you because I I feel this too. And I yeah. like my passion is so broad. <laughs> it's not, I mean, some right. people some people have a laser focused passion. Mine is mm-hmm. very, very broad because I believe that um another thing, there's so many things that the enemy has done to break down our identity yes. in Christ, yes. who we are and, and, yes. and our authority in Christ and, you know, our value and all of the mm-hmm. things. And, you know, as a, I, I'm always sad when I'm talking to a woman, you know, oh, you know, getting to know them, you know, hi, tell me about, you know, oh, well, I'm just a stay at home mom that the word just in there, they already feel invalidated. Yeah. And that's because, you know, they're uh, of the enemy, what he's, saying in general to her and her own mind and society and all these other things, the way that women treat each other. There's so many things. I believe it's the number one, most important role. We're, we're grooming these human beings to go out into the world as adults and do whatever their call is. So what what could be more important? I I don't know what is more. You're everything. You're the example. You're, I mean, there's so much to it. And I am, uh, I'm beginning a 16 week leadership program in January. Mm. And I'm feeling that what it will attract is more marketplace women. 
but but I I want women that are just <laughs> staying at home to yeah. feel that this is a value to them too, because their yeah. role as a leader at home is first and foremost. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? It has mm-hmm. to, it has to begin there. And even if your call and your life is to is to lead nobody else but your spouse and the children in yes. your care. That yes. is so worth the investment mm-hmm. of intentionality and growth yourself so that you can lead them better or proper or whatever yeah, the right word is. Right. That's I I have a quote up in my living room uh, by Andy Stanley. It goes something like this. I might botch it. He says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Mm, so he, valuable. It's so good. He and his wife set a very strong, took a very strong stance when their kids were in that bringing up years. She heavily focused on the home, on serving him as a wife. They were planting a church, which is like having another child. Yes, it is. I'm sure. Only it's like the combination of adopting a child and trying to like, (laughs) it's, it's just super complex. And they had their own kids. And I think they adopted and had a lot of other things going on. They had a lot. They had a lot on their plate that the Lord put on their plate. She focused heavily in those years. And just in the last couple of years, she has stepped out into more of a public role in ministry and speaking and sharing. And what a testimony. Yeah. And he just has affirmed that. And a personal testimony in that was that their ministry, literally the work that they did, the work that she did at home, freed her husband up to do the work that he could do. His work a few years ago greatly impacted the spiritual health of my own parents and my own family. So seeing that, God just gave me such a tangible, personal connection to that to say, this is really important and I need to prioritize my family during this season. And I'm going to be saying no to a lot of things Mm. and I'm going to be okay with that. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that you're saying this. And if you're listening to this and you feel that call to make your family in the top spot above your career, then I, I, I just, we want to just affirm that that, that is the direction you should go. You know, we live in a world of, you know, fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. Like FOMO, they don't, nobody wants to miss out on anything. And so it's like, I have to, this is my shot. I can't, you know, be out of the whatever. I can't be gone for 10 years while I raise these children. Oh yes, you can. Because, you you know, God, God compresses time. He will bless you. You know, me there. I just want to affirm that if you're listening to this and that's what you have felt and you've felt torn because you feel like that's not what you're supposed to do according to the world. Um, I want you to pray about it. I want to pray that your spouse will come alongside of you and that you have the courage to actually say, this is, this is the choice we're going to make for our family. I wish more people would do that. Yeah. And I want to, I want to be clear, putting your family as a priority over your career doesn't mean that you don't have a career. That's right. It doesn't mean that. It means that your life's going to look different. It means that you're not living up to the standards, expectations, 
of the world and what the world says your family should look like and what the world says your career should look like. And I know for some that means 100% staying at home. Great. I know for me, I thought it meant 100% staying at home and God had to push me to put my hand in the marketplace. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And God pushed me in that direction. I know for some, God, a dear friend of ours here, she's the primary breadwinner for their family. He's the primary homeschool parent. That's how the Lord has positioned their household. There is not any one of those dynamics that is right or holier than. And so please do never take what works for someone else and cookie cutter apply it to yourself. I just challenge you as A woman who is listening to this right now who has been wrestling, because I know that struggle, take the time, pray before the Lord. Fast from social media, for goodness sake, for 30 days. For uh, 30 days. I know how insane that sounds. Get in your word of God every day and you will hear his spirit lead you in that time. It might only take 30 minutes. For me, sometimes I'm hard-headed. It takes me a little longer. Same. So... (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're, you're remarkable. I know women are going to be like, okay, who is this lady? How do I get in touch with her? What, what, what's, what are you offering now in the marketplace outside of your home? So are, I heard you say at one point that you do one-to-one coaching, do you do group coaching? What is it that you have? Yeah, I primarily have one-to-one right now. I may be bringing my group program back, uh, but right now I'm focusing on one-to-one just because I've had some incredible clients come to me and I want to serve them well. So I do have some openings right now for that. But in honoring my family, I am only offering those sessions on Saturdays. So that's what works for me in this season. And that's when I offer my counseling. I also have um, a free e-course, free little video course that you can hop into my Facebook group. It's a little mental health support group for Christian women. And I would love to have you jump in there. There's five days to hope. It's five videos. You can binge them in an afternoon if you really wanted to, but they're designed to space out over five days. And those are just full of encouragement and really practical action steps that you can take. If you are struggling, if you just feel discouraged and you're like, I need a boost of hope, that's where I want you to go. Um, I also this year felt the Lord leading me to pull something out of the archives. So I put together a course called Pathway to Peace, and that is for women who are struggling with anxiety, stress, fear, and worry, which if you aren't in the one-third of Americans diagnosed with some level of anxiety, you probably are now because 2020. (laughs) So this is just a really great way that you can get in, sink your teeth into God's word and really uh, amazing workbook audio coaching from me every day that you go through it. And it's a two week course. It's Mm. 10 days long. It's so quick and it's so powerful. I teach you how to put back on your identity in Christ, specifically giving you an action plan for your anxiety. So that is pathway to peace. That's beautiful. And how can people find you? Uh, My website is marlastanley.com and I love to hang out in Instagram stories. So if you look me up on Instagram, just search for Marla Stanley. um, And it's the same on my Facebook page as well, but I would love to connect with anybody there. And if you're listening, don't worry about writing it down. All of her information will be available in the show notes. If you're watching the video, it'll be right below the video and all of the details. 
And you, my dear, are just remarkable. I'm so grateful that we connected. Thank you so much for just dropping, I mean, countless nuggets of truth in the last, you know, little bit here on the podcast. I just appreciate you. Praise God. I'm just so thankful. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me here. Thanks for letting me share my heart. Thank you so much for what you're doing and can't wait to see what the future holds. Awesome. Thanks. I absolutely loved Marla's story. It was so unique and interesting with all of the, uh, the cultural differences between, you know, where she grew up and what she's doing now. I love that. And if you loved it <laughs> and you want to connect with her, make sure to check out the show notes, hook up with her. If you're interested in meeting more women like Marla, who just have such a biblical perspective on their businesses and are really have chosen to stay in that lane and really take the marketplace by storm, then Girl Power Alliance is absolutely the place for you. Head over to girlpoweralliance.com and check us out, become a member, see what different resources we have that fits into your need. And also you can join our private group on Facebook. It's GPA Inner Circle. And we're just a bunch of chicks in there impacting the world through our businesses. That's what we're passionate about. And, you know, we have so many different things to offer. We have our monthly networking Zoom for members. We have live monthly monthly mentoring classes with master trainers. And inside the membership, we have a slew of resources to help you to take what you're doing and make it that much bigger, better, grow, increase, increase. The kingdom is all about increase. You know, that's God is looking for people with submitted hearts who are willing to do the work and go out there and boldly profess their love and faith in Him and take their skills, their passions, and make something of it. He's looking for you. And guess what? We are looking for you too. We've been praying for you. There is a place for you here inside of our community, inside of our membership. So don't miss the opportunity. And never forget, Girl Power Alliance is where women grow.